Welcome back. How the hell is everyone doing tonight? Super stoked. So ready. Excited to be back. Yeah, awesome. Excited to play. Excellent. Episode 40 today. Uh, we haven't played in what seems like a thousand years. Yeah. We've been doing holiday stuff and life stuff. It is good to be back to what may very well be the final episode of, of Wake of Whispers. This book. Season one. Okay. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> what? Yep, that's it. I quit. <laughs> why don't we, as Ryan suggested a moment ago, why don't we just start off with rolling your hit points for your brand new level ups. Level four. Not it. Someone else go first. All right, I'll go. I'm, I'm scared. Um, I'm rolling a mm. D10. A lot of room for failure there. Um, yeah. But here we go. Uh, just gonna just gonna type it in to the clicker oh, here. A nine. Ooh. Hell yeah. Not bad. Ah, uh, you took my nine. It. You took I it. Love it. I'm locking that in. If Flora rolls a D nine. <laughs> a D <D9>? nine. <laughs> Do those even exist? <laughs> <laughs> uh, only for halflings. Uh, rude. <laughs> Racism. Ryan, uh, did Stormat get anything cool with his level four? You have like cougar style now? <laughs> no, oh. I don't. I don't. Uh, nothing cool. Uh, nothing new. No, no, I definitely have some good new stuff, but I, I think I want to just keep it to myself until I whip it out, you know? No, don't. No, right. no, we don't. We don't whip it <laughs> out. Leave it in. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. I want to keep it to myself. <laughs> Until you whip it out. Yeah. Well, it's all about timing. I don't want to whip it out right now, is what I'm trying to say. It's time and place. Mm -hmm. But rest assured, definitely got some cool new class features. Nice. Creature features. Uh, who wants to go next? I nominate Wes. Well, Sidriel being as risk averse as he is, and being diviners aware of how he is in a game, chooses to take the average hit die. Mmm. Oh. What's the average? Uh, of a d6 is four. Hmm. Okay. Wesley, do you want to share anything about your level up, or you want to keep it close to the chest, too? Um, sure, nothing terribly exciting. Uh, Sid got a little bit smarter, and he can now cast second level spells. Ooh, shit. It's quite a, uh, a power increase from first level to second level spells. Oh yeah, just waiting on them third level spells. That's where the fun begins. <laughs> Why? Uh, there's a lot of, like, iconic spells are in there. Lightning bolt, fireball, all that fun stuff. Lightning bolt. Oh, yeah. Yes. Lightning bolt. I cast it into darkness. Like, fly might be level three. I can dig it. Wait, flying? Yeah, like, this spell, I just cast fly on myself and just fly, like, 100 feet in the air and cast and just rain arrows down on things. Fuck yeah. Oh, just yourself? You couldn't possibly cast it on, like, your halfling friend? I could. I don't know how effective you'd be with a lance of 200 feet in the air, though. I have a sling. <laughs> Cast it on Daisy, and you could just do strafing runs. Yeah, like pointing down. <laughs> well, yeah, that's for later when I get overland flight, and I can split up. Like, it lasts, I think, like 
eight hours, but I can split it up amongst people. I love it. And then all of us just fly around everywhere. It's absurd, and it's perfect. Line up your attack run, charge in, flying daisy like a never-ending story. (laughs) I mean, in theory, that could mean that I could charge from a closer distance because I'm up high. No? I think distance is still the same distance no matter the direction. But if you're if you're up high, then you're diagonal. I think ten feet up is still ten feet away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, but if you're ten feet away and ten feet up, is that further? Well, no, I'm gonna have to do some geometry, but yeah. Yeah, well then you're only like twelve <laughs> feet away, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it complicated for no reason. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're just saying it dumb. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's a tiny little halfling. Her brain isn't as big as the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a child's brain. Flora, though. Well, I heard that. I heard that, John. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a real-life halfling, is what you're saying there, with your subtle <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that subtle. <laughs> no, but as we all know, jokes work better when they're explained. Yes. Yeah. Looks like Megan has her dice ready. She does. Okay. Yeah. I got a three. So go ahead and roll yours. Alright. It's a ten. A d10. Okay. I'll roll the carrion crown d10. That sounds fair. Here goes. Nothing. That is a seven. That's so much better. Thank you. I will take that. Yeah. So does Flora uh, gain the ability to fly now? Yeah, actually, I sprouted wings. Um, It's a halfling (laughs) trait that you get at level four. Um, No, I can do another challenge per day. And I have a thing called expert trainer, which is like training a new mount. But I feel like that doesn't apply to me at all. And I got stronger. Not too shabby. What about Sarati? All right, what are we rolling for hit dice? What is this, a cleric? It's a D8. It's a two. (laughs) I'll take it. Fuck it. You don't want me to roll two? You can go ahead and try. It's got to be better than a two. All right. Grab my S-to-S pyramid die. That's an eight. (gasps) Nailed it. Great, now he's up to, let me check notes, 13 hit points. points. Yeah, exactly. Double his hit points, Doesn't have shit. I think Surat wanted it too. (laughs) No, that brings him to 25. Awesome. Good. I'm glad you have a little bit of health. No, I mean, whatever. No. (laughs) I, I think he wanted the two. I mean, Ozil is prone to dying. It's like kind of his thing. He's hella old. He's not long for this world. He's not dying. He's having a one-on-one with his boss. <laughs> I-, I hope that Father Ozel knows how much we love and appreciate him. We do. Frodo wouldn't have made it very far without Father Ozel. <laughs> Honestly, if you guys did not have Father Ozel, this prison would have been... Like, ten times more deadly. Yeah. I feel like every time we got into a fight, it was like us going, fuck, 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 we're not going to make it. And then he comes in and just one-hits everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the channel energy is a huge help when you're fighting 
12 skeletons that have four hit points each. Yeah. The one time that that happened, yes, I agree. It was clutch. That happened at least three times. And all the bosses, too. Yeah, like... You fought an army of skeletons in the graveyard. You fought an army of skeletons in the lower levels of the prison. You fought an army of skeletons in the upper levels of the prison. Also, we would have been totally screwed without Father Ozil's ghost touch ability. That's pretty clutch. Well, now we find you all here. Back in the flooded chamber at the bottom of the deep shaft leading down to the basement level of Harrowstone Prison. Your characters had just defeated the last of the five spirits wreaking havoc on the town and trying to break free from the prison. And as this structure started to collapse around you and you raced through the lower levels to get here, just barely making it out as the tunnel collapsed behind you. We now find ourselves here with nothing but the sound of the water flowing down the shaft into the murky puddle at your feet. You have Sheriff Benjamin Collar with you. What do you do? Well, we've got that magic rope, right? The rope of climbing. And that's the one that we left dangling here? Yeah, it's, it's knotted tight at the top, up against the wall, right all the way down here. Magic rope is in place. I'm not going to make you roll to tie Daisy up and all that stuff. Let's just move past that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Flora's going to start just like doing whatever she has to do to get Daisy up the rope. On the map, the sheriff is a good 20 feet away from us. And so Stormak steps close to Flora and Ozol and, and uh, Sid's not far. And Stormak kind of whispers so that only the party can hear. And he says, what do we think of the sheriff? Do we need to talk to him further before bringing him back to town? You know, in all reality, um, he could just have a little accident down here. I, I think we need to just get out of here first and then we can talk about it. Well, we might want to consider who we send up first. We send him up first, and he does go crazy again. He might cut the rope. If we leave him down here with just one other person, he might get stabby again. Yeah, it's that whole, like, lion and lamb and a boat. We got three goats, two wolves, and one boat. Benjamin walks over. What you guys talking about? Goats? Tying Daisy into this harness and raising her up has been tricky, so we went to coordinate that and Stormak. So Stormak is, is looping the rope on Daisy carefully, getting her ready along with Flora. And she's, she's licking your face while you do that. Because you're short, you're a dwarf. She's like right there in your face, just like licking. Okay. Ah, uh, goat herder's not. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, I'll go up first with Daisy so I can keep an eye on things. Wait, how's Daisy going up? I thought we had to, like, pull her up. We do. Oh, well, it's a magic rope, right? Yeah, but... Not that kind of magic rope. Damn it. I was thinking we send Stormak up first, send Sheriff Collar behind him, because that Stormak can hold his own and push him down the pit if he has to, if he goes crazy up there. The rest of us can come up, and then when we're all up, we can pull Daisy up the rope. Yes, yeah, Stormak climbs up the rope. Okay. Alright. You get Daisy tied up, guys climb up the rope, Benjamin will follow you. Mm-hmm. 
and then you pull her up. Maybe it takes one or two of you to do it, because she's 3,000 pounds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have I have the sheriff help me. Like a, a hundred, max. <laughs> Alright, Stormac climbs up, the sheriff climbs up, and then Stormac says, Sheriff, please help me. And the two of them belay Daisy up. The sheriff does help you, no problem. And he's kind of quiet, but he's he doesn't seem to be crazy. He's not acting weird or like looking at you funny or anything. While they're working alongside each other in relative privacy, Stormac will say, Are you okay, sheriff? Uh, yeah, my head's a little foggy. Uh, that was crazy. What happened down there? I had no idea the kind of shit you were dealing with in here. Yes, well, hopefully it's all put to rest now. It's done? You, th- you think we're done? Uh, just one final piece to the puzzle. What's that? We have to talk. Her name is Lady Vesoriana, and she needs to be put at ease as well. We'll tell you all about it. Just let's get this dog up here. Uh, all right. <laughs> I thought you were going to Spartan kick him back into the pit. There's one <laughs> last thing, Sheriff. <laughs> Wham! He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is Ravengrow. Boom. I've been like, oh, brutes, baby. <laughs> like, whoa. That's what I wanted to do, but damn. Theatrics. <laughs> he flies down past the rest of you as you're climbing the rope, <laughs> screaming. Storm, Stormak just shrugs, like, man, fucking know what happened. <laughs> he slipped. He slipped. Sid's gonna get the magic in his boots dry and the blood out of his clothes. Shouldn't be any blood. Oh, yeah. You oh, are yeah. all completely head to toe painted in blood after that fight. Ozil will look around and. Give, give the, like, oh, first time look to the few of you. <laughs> Daisy, you shouldn't be licking me. Uh, so, stop, stop. This is gross. <laughs> you know how dogs always go straight for the mouth. What she's doing. Might be the cleanest part. <laughs> so you guys get up. Sidriel cleans himself off. Sheriff Collar says, uh, Lady, this, is, that, is that what was being spelled on the monument? Yeah. Where is she? Who is she? The wife of the warden from before the prison got burned to the ground. Oh, it's it's another ghost thing. Yeah, you guys seem to have a lot of those here. But she's <laughs> been protecting you. They're not all bad, Sheriff. Oh. Well, whatever we gotta do, let's, let's just do this. Get it over with. You really think this is gonna put a stop to all this? Yes, this is what we've been working at for the past two weeks. We're at least 51% sure. More than that, right? More than that. 51 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I imagine... Yeah, that's buggy. You make your way to Vesoriana's room, and when you go inside, a few moments later, as you're used to seeing by now, Vesoriana's ghostly visage emerges from this pile of linens with her skeleton sticking out of it. Oh. Are you the replacement guards? Wait, it's cool, guys. I just dealt with this with Apple support. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) The same shit over and over again every time. (laughs) 
I'm having flashbacks. Every time you show up, she, she does the same thing. It's 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 cool. Just hold on. They have an entire team of people to help the person with the apple cart. <laughs> yes, it's it's the same thing every time. Um, lady Lady Vasoriana, uh, yes, it's warm in here. I'm sorry, uh, but we came to you to put the final ghost to rest. With believe that we have finally taken care of all the things that you have been holding back since your late husband's ghost removal. My husband? What word of my husband? Where is he? Oh, god damn it! here we go again. Um, <laughs> You've got this, father. Oh, god. He turns around, and you guys all give him the thumbs up again. Yep. Like, you got this. <laughs> you, you're doing great. <laughs> Lady Vasoriana, your your husband perished in the fire, just just like you have you have been holding back these ghosts and we've come to you so you can help us put them to rest. Oh, it's you. Yes, sadly. Us again. I must be honest, I did not expect to see you again after you went down into the basement. I can feel the Splatterman's presence weakened. Weakened, but but not gone? I... In this state, I can put him to rest. For good. Please, how- however we can help you, Lady Vasoriana. Sheriff Collar's up against the wall, he's just wide-eyed, like, Ugh. Do you have my husband's badge and sword? I- uh, I believe we do, uh, Stormak, do you still carry that sword? Yeah, it's a short sword, it's hard to miss. He presents it, unbuckles the sheath from his belt, and- and, uh... Presents it sheathed, and I think we still have the badge? Question mark. I'm sure we do. Yeah, we. I think we found it in the safe somewhere. Threw it in the handy hammer mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, we found so, it. Yes, yeah, so, it'll it start rummaging through. And, uh, let's see, spell book. Cats. So many cats. <laughs> and, oh, here it is. And the items belonging to the spirits. We can produce those as well. Yeah, the book. Yeah, yeah, I think we got all that shit, too. Get him. Get the whole book? <laughs> Sid, come on! <laughs> <laughs> now, you, rem- you remember uh, that when you came back to put an end to the lopper, the axe, like, disintegrated. Oh, no! Sid, I thought you copied everything you really needed out of that book for now, right? I, I copied what I had time to copy. Mm-hmm. Well, there was... Some neat stuff in here. So, I mean, really, how long do we have? Is this like, uh, uh, you know, like we got to do this this minute, or before you look tired, maybe you need to relax a minute? And... Sidra, we've already we've already made it through the first steps of this process here. Do you really want to come back and try this again? It's not worth it, Sid. That just took us like four sessions to kill that guy. <laughs> Sid, did you hear how long Ozil's password is to have them <laughs> recognize him? They don't even recognize the password. We don't want to have to go through that again. <laughs> it's all automated, Sidril. Come on, just just throw, put it on the table. Yeah, we're just piling <laughs> on him. Like, dude. <laughs> very, very hesitantly reaches out. Uh, fine, and walks away quickly back to the other side of the room. Flora's yanking it out of his hands. Yeah. <laughs> there will be better spellbooks. Less moldy, I promise. You. Less haunted. I don't see you popping your fists off and putting them on the table. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it. Hold on. <laughs> this is just agitated. He's muttering to himself. Whatever stupid thing pops into his head. Or pats his shoulder. It's okay. Well, whatever she can reach. The items, Lady Vasoriana, as as requested. Excellent. I think this may be it. I may finally put a stop to their hold on me and stop having to hold them here at the same time. And she moves over this, like, pile of items. Before you get too far into the description, Sid must cast Detect Magic, and he's going to start taking notes on what the hell is he sees happening in front of him. Okay. In case something magic happens, he wants to have that up and ready, and he's just taking notes on the whole process. For sure. Like, maybe you go to hand them to her, and, like, most of the items just fall through her hands. There's a convenient table right there on the map. I think we pile them up right there. Here, okay, hold out your hands. Hold out your ghost hands. Let me just pile all these <laughs> weapons and tools on you. Oh, you got it? No? Oh, it all went through your hands. <laughs> but she is able to pick up her husband's badge and sword. And she kind of, like, holds it up to her face, and there's tears streaming down her eyes. And she takes the sword... She says, finally, lifts it up and plunges it down into the table, like through the book. And this blue fire engulfs the top of the table and then disappears quickly. And there's nothing left on the table. She says, finally, it's over. I can finally be free to take my revenge on this town no and the people that locked me in here to die no. and separated me from my love fucking what and her eyes go red no. son of a fucking bitch and and is, she charges Stormak with this sword what the no. fuck is going on dude <sighs> flying through the air, sword pointed right at you. Her eyes are glowing and she's like cackling. Well, he didn't lock her in there. You must be the replacement guards. Fuck you. And at that moment, you hear heavy, quickened footsteps from the hallway outside. And in an instant, you are all engulfed in a brilliant pale blue light that emanates from behind you into the room and completely disintegrates Vasoriana. The sword and badge fall to the ground and you look behind you and see Father Grimborough. God damn it, that old man. Well, that would have been helpful about three weeks ago. Yeah, where the fuck was he? <laughs> he, like, is panting. He, like, leads up against the wall. Goddamn right. He's, he's sweating. <sighs> I, am I too late? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely Prob yes. <laughs> Pro probably, like, three weeks too late, Father, but that was a pretty impressive sprint, I must say. 
<laughs> was he just that old and decrepit that he left the same time we did the first time to get here and just <laughs> finally showed up? Yeah. Like we yeah, the first day. <laughs> we, we keep passing him. We're like, oh, you're almost there, father. Hey, a couple more miles to go. <laughs> he kind of like is slumped up against the wall and he like clutches his chest. He's like, ah. Oh. He's grunting and, like, falls down on his ass, like, slides down the wall. Can we find him a chair or something? Real quick? Are you okay? Yeah. I... I haven't done that in a long time. <clears throat> I'm weak. Did he just throw up a little bit? <laughs> Maybe there's some dribble coming down. Oh, God. Like Morty. Like Rick, really. Yeah. I don't watch the show. I was just guessing. 50 50 chance. (laughs) I don't listen to hip hop. Father Grimborough, how did you come to be here at the prison at this moment? That's a good question. Yeah, what the hell are you doing here? That's a damn good question. I just had a bad feeling. Oh, now? Now is the time you had a bad feeling? Okay, cool. Settle down, Father Ozel. We've had a rough day. Uh, Please tell us more, Father uh, Grimborough. Take uh, a breath. Take a moment. Do you need some water? He, he's like, coughs, and he kind of like passes out. What? Father Ozel will run over, or, well, run is a relative term, and he will, uh, oh, fuck, what do I have left? Shake him. Hold on. Shake him. I don't don't have much, Um, but I will um, channel positive energy to heal. Okay. 2d6. Uh, That's not bad. That's eight. So does that hit everybody? Because I could use some. (laughs) Yes. That'll hit everybody. In range, but I'm going to uh, selectively not channel for the sheriff. (laughs) (laughs) That's cold, bro. Damn. There's just a shadow where it would be for the sheriff, and it just, like, misses him on either side. Like, Love it. Thank you. He's like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't know know what channeling is. Fuck him. I'll take it. Thank you. Awesome. I used to look up to him, but mm, he's kind of on my shit list right now, but uh, I'll do it for everybody, and just there'll be a shadow where he's standing. Flora goes, <sighs> He's, like, bleeding out. Must have been the wind. I don't know. Sorry. Father Grimbro. <laughs> Oops. You see a, a little mouse on the ground, like, laying on its back. Get back up. <laughs> yes. And squeak and run off. Father, please come back to us. He'll slap him a little bit. Roll damage. No, a, a little bit. Love slaps. Love slaps. He kind of comes to. He's like, Ugh. he seems really out of it. He still has labored breathing, and he's still kind of holding his chest. Is it done? I believe so, Father. I, I believe that we have conquered all of them, and then you may have saved our lives. Good. As awkwardly as a dwarf can, Stormak picks up the sword and badge and, like, holds them. Just kind of puts the sword back on his belt <laughs> and just stands there holding the badge not saying anything. I believe to fully put rest to the evil in this place we must put this poor woman's soul to rest. A proper burial and maybe 
You could carry me home after. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not me, but uh, Stormak carries a good person. Let me tell you what, uh, Cooksamine Pancake carries a good person. That's what I've always said about my buddy Stormac over there. He's really good piggybacks. I'm neutral good. Does that still count? Uh, are you a person? Yes. Then he, <laughs> then he, it should should be fine. Actually, I'm 50% ET and 50% baked potato. <laughs> That's, oh, I fucking love baked potatoes. I, I, fucking, I fucking knew it. it was <laughs> Grab the fork of gluttony. <laughs> oh, no, you cannot eat Father Grimperow. 50% of him, you can. Oh, That's God. not sour cream, is it? Oh, my God. Is it? My utter weakness, sour cream. <laughs> so I do remember a skeletal arm sticking out from under a pile of laundry. And as much as I relate to that, was that her? Oh, yes. That's dark. <laughs> okay, yeah, so... way to bring us down, Meg. <laughs> I'm just saying, God. I have a lot of laundry. I got two kids. So, um, Gross. let's dig her out, I guess, is the point. You did see that where her spirit emanated from. Absolutely, Father. We shall gather her remains, and then uh, we will carry you back to town. Uh, Father Rosa will go and start gathering up those remains as best as possible, trying not to leave um, any back, you know, Gil Grissom style. <laughs> uh, Flora will help you. Stormax says to the sheriff, well, I, I thought not all of them were evil, but I guess this sort of thing makes you go evil. Um, lot to learn. Lot to learn about this stuff, Sheriff. It sounded like she had a, a tragic story. Yeah, what the hell? So Sid's still standing in the doorway, just kind of puzzled looking between <laughs> Father Grimborough <laughs> and Father Ozel. <laughs> and just has been silent like since that happened up till now. And just... <laughs> Uh, so funny. But, Ozil, why? Next time, just do the blue flashy thing. Father Grimbro's like, oh, he has way less D6s than I do. <laughs> Fair okay. enough. Well, hey. Ozil, maybe you stay here and tend to the church. <laughs> <And Grimbrough. laughs> have you ever wanted to go to Leopardstad? I wouldn't make the journey, I'm afraid. Not sure what you're insinuating, but if, you know, I wasn't asking him to measure his D6s, all right? Come on, get get over here and press digitate these bones out of this pile, please. Sorry, I didn't realize your hands are as useful as your blue flashy thing. Nope. Oh. That's, that's fair. He looks a little dejected, but he's digging through that laundry. Also, press digitation does not work that way. Can we grab these bones relatively easily? Yeah. So you grab the bones, Where are you going to take them back to town? Yeah, tie them up in a towel, you know, how you do. Put them all in, tie them up like a knapsack. Bring him, load Father Grimborough onto Stormac, if that's okay. Uh, Sidriel, would you, would you perhaps use that cleaning spell upon me before I give Father Grimborough a piggyback? Alright, everybody line up. Yeah, I wouldn't mind one of those either. Like <laughs> slopping blood off of his shirt. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll clean everybody, but I'm going to leave a very conspicuous stain on the back of the shoulder of the sheriff's shirt. There you go. And just snicker to myself a little bit. Got him. such a teenager. <laughs> Got he. <laughs> it says, kick me. <laughs> yeah, it says, kick me in blood. Left on the back. <laughs> it says, kick me in blood. <laughs> Yeah, you do so. 
and it's deadly quiet your whole way out and down the hill. Takes about an hour to get back to town. Yeah, I think I, I would propose we take her back to the Church of Phrasma, let them, you know, do whatever blessings and prepare the body, whatever rituals they have around here. Father Grimbro will say, like, yes, that, that sounds like a good idea. We can sanctify the remains and pick out a comfy coffin. For only 20 more gold, you can get the gold inlay on the inside of the coffin. Not gonna happen, Father. Let's make this one cheap. I, I think the sheriff said he was footing the bill on this one, right? I do seem to remember something like that. Probably. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Father, does, do you think that would help put a stop to this? Oh, no, don't worry. I'll just do it. Let me, let me pull out my bloody wallet from when you stabbed me. Stormak pats Flora on the <laughs> elbow and just says, let this play out, Flora. <laughs> <laughs> We've, we've done so much for these people already. Father Grimbro's like, Sheriff, I would almost guarantee it. 51 and a half percent sure. <laughs> All right, fine. He, he pulls out 20 gold and gives it to Father Grimbro. 20? He looks at it for a second. He's like, no tip. Oh, Father, you're doing this for God. Don't you forget. so much shit when I gave 20 gold to Yorfa, and now he's just fucking tossing that kind of money around? Whatever. Father Grimbro is, like, extorting him. Fine. Ex essentially. And it's not your money, so quit your wine. I'm just saying. Yeah. Also, that'd be like, if I spent, you know, $5,000 on a car, I got a good deal. If I spent $5,000 on a pin, I may have gotten ripped off. <laughs> it was a fancy... Alright, whatever. Uh, it, it was a stick. No, it was for opening the chest that got us all the shit that we needed for something else. No, it was a coffin. <laughs> no, it, it was the safe. Oh, the safe, right? Okay. I was thinking she got that uh, halfling sling stuff. No, she gave me that for a crazy deal. Yeah, she got a good deal on that. But whatever. A cold iron sling staff. Water under the bridge. Well, thank you, Father Grimborough, and thank you, Sheriff Collar, uh, doing the right thing. She will be interred tomorrow morning. That should give plenty of time to enact the proper rituals. You have all done a great service here. If this really puts an end to it, you will have saved this entire town. Something I would never have been able to do in my age. Okay, it's time to get off now, Father. Piggybacks <laughs> over. He's just saying that on your back. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, fine. It feels so safe. <laughs> Just make one horsey sound before I get down. Oh, that, that, <laughs> wait, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's rude to Father Ozel. And uh, yeah, you set him down, and <laughs> he rips off the sheriff, and he goes to probably get some rest before getting Soriano's remains ready to bury in the morning. What time is it? You guys went up there, like, in the morning, I think, right? Yeah, I think because there was the murder investigation from the night before... And we went straight there from that. That's right, yeah. Right from the town square where Jaminda was brutally massacred by Flora. Yeah. I'm, I'm still like 51.5% sure that was Benjamin Collar. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Could have been. Nobody else saw it. So... True enough. Allegedly, Flora. Could very easily have been Benjamin himself. Allegedly. He is protesting quite a lot. It was Old River. 
doth protest too much. Perhaps too much. Well, cool. I'd like to go and see her interred tomorrow, if that's possible. Uh, I might have a few words to say. Yeah, Flora's gonna go to bed. I don't care what time of day it is. She didn't rest very well last night. She's she's going to sleep. Isn't it like four o'clock? Let's just call it noon. Okay, yeah, see? Didn't take too long. It's a reasonable time for a nap. Yeah. So Flora heads back to the Lorimer estate to get some rest. She had a rough day. Yeah, a rough night. What about the rest of you? Um... I would probably stay to observe the rituals that um, he is putting Vasoriana's corpse through, just because it's been a hot second, and I'll sit there and watch. Okay. Maybe even throw a little magic on there, if I can. Blessings, however. Nice. Uh, what about Stormak and Sidriel? I'm sorry about your book, Sidriel. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think I'm going to get a bite to eat and maybe take a... A working lunch and check my notes against the what's left of Lorimer's notes. Think about what could have been. I, I find myself with nothing to do. Would you mind if I join you? Yeah, lunch is on you. That sounds good. <laughs> okay, um, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys head to the Laughing Demon. Flora, when you get back to the Lorimer estate, you see Kendra is packing. As you've seen her a couple times now, she's just packing things into boxes and chests and starting to clear out the house a little bit. It looks like there's a lot more work to do, though. Oh, Flora, where's everybody else? Uh, I, I, they might still be back at the church. I think we have the prison thing under control, but I really need a nap. Oh, well, okay, get some rest, and you'll have to tell me all about it. I will, for sure, and I'll help you with whatever you got going on here, but I just need, I need to sleep. You look exhausted. Yes, uh, by all means. <laughs> I almost said, Flora, is everything okay? You haven't got a single drop of blood on you. <laughs> you always come home completely covered. <laughs> <laughs> She'll keep going about her business and let you get some rest. Stormak and Sidriel walk into the Laughing Demon. And it's kind of bustling. There's a bunch of people there um, drinking, eating. Uh, you see there's somebody playing a lute on the little stage area. Uh, noticeably not the flautist that you murdered. Yeah. <laughs> Zokar sees you guys enter. He's like, my friends! Please come in! I feel like I haven't seen you in forever! Zokar, good to see you. It's like looking up at a mirror. Hi, Zokar. Hey, my boy Sidriel. You all look a little down. What is wrong? You need a drink, right? Uh, a sandwich would be good. Anything for you. And, uh, yeah, he had recently told you that whatever you guys want is all in the house. To go, please. Uh, yes, of course. And he'll, he'll wrap you up a sandwich. It's a boar's head sandwich. It's not deli meat, it's boar's head meat. Mutton, lettuce, and tomato. <laughs> yeah, the MLT. Looks delicious. Maybe we should bring some of those home for the girls and Father Ozel. Uh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. If if you don't mind, Zokar. But of course, he'll get you whatever you want, uh, if you want to take it to go. As you're coming into the town square, you see the sheriff coming out of the jail. Guys, uh, just a sec. I... We don't have any more enough sandwiches. 
he he like holds his stomach for a second. He's, that that that's fine. Um, I spoke with the <clears throat> uh, remaining council people. Council folk. I spoke with the councilies. Councilies. Councilors. Go on, Sheriff. We've got hot sandwiches here. They would like to hold a town meeting tonight, and I'd imagine thank you and give you the promised reward uh, for putting an end to all of this. It it seems like it's over. You did it, right? Stormag looks up at Sidriel. I can definitely say nothing else is going to happen between now and when we get to Lepidstad. <laughs> <laughs> at dusk, uh, if you could gather the others and just go ahead and bring them over to the jail and um, we'll, ha- we'll, ha- we'll meet there. Sid will look down at the sandwiches and then back over his shoulder at the laughing demon. Man, if only there was somewhere with tables and chairs, some kind of meeting hall. Jail it is. Okay. Um, no, no, that's a good idea, Sidril. Sheriff, what if we meet at the laughing demon? <laughs> that that is that is a good idea. Yeah, that that sounds that sounds good. I'll, I'll tell them and I tell you what, I could I could use a drink after all this. I might just go there now. I like how Stormac is our. Uh teenage elf translator (laughs) go on what do you mean by that I mean like he says something sassy and you're like ah yes (laughs) let me put that in more acceptable terms (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) so yeah dusk at the laughing demon and he goes to get drunk so we walk away turn to Stormac do you ever get the feeling that these people are you know just simple country folk or uh you know, morons. <laughs> Stormac looks around to make sure that no one can hear him except for Sid, which is which is true by the GM's silence. And Stormac <laughs> goes, eh, humans. <laughs> Fair. Fucking humans. All right, so you guys leave and head back to the estate with sandwiches. And we're going to cut from that scene and we fade back in on flora maybe waking up from a nap in the lorimer estate as sidriel and stormac show up with sandwich sandwich father ozel you watched the rituals and the sanctifying process and them cleaning the bones and placing them in this finely paid for coffin after that all that needed to be done was to bury her in the morning. Do you think you'd head back to the house too? Sure. So Kendra's busy packing while you guys are eating sandwiches and helping her, maybe. Flora said she would help a little bit. Mm-hmm. She wanted to hear your story. Do you guys tell her everything that happened? And Yeah, I think in like grand fireside sort of like, and then this happened and then I stabbed him and then... You know, whatever. Make her go, oh, a few times. And then, um, like, and I think it worked. My, what a harrowing tale. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sid's running, like, stage production. As whoever's telling the story, like, wind sweeping their hair. Like, little sparks as magic is being cast. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Dinda Dinkoba, Darth Vader. sound effects <laughs> nice. and then all these rocks fell from the ceiling and i mean you guys could save it for the meeting too i'm sure they're getting, the whole town's gonna want to see it but that's a good um 
uh, mm-hmm. dress rehearsal, yeah, I assume. Yeah, rehearsal. <laughs> and she's like, well, you've certainly been through a lot. I can't thank you enough for seeing through what my father started. I'm still very concerned about this cult. Uh, they're nowhere to be seen. Well, I think you're definitely making the right choice getting out of Raven Grow. Yeah. It's an odd place. There's not much for me here these days. It was my father, mostly. There's a sandwich. <laughs> Ooh, delightful. <laughs> and um, she's like, I, I do have some good news, however. I did find a buyer for the estate. Um, oh. I'm going to be able to sell the house for a very handsome... F- uh, this word. Thumb? I almost said fine. A tidy sum. Thumb. Price. <laughs> yeah, very, very nice lumps. <laughs> Lump sum? <laughs> for a... For a fuck ton of cash. <laughs> oh, uh, Kendra, <laughs> such language. <laughs> if I might ask, uh, who's buying your home? Uh, one of my father's old colleagues. I, I think you've met him, actually. <gasps> the asshole. A Divian Adresant. Yeah, the asshole. Oh, Flora. He threw away Petros's book. He's very nice. In Flora's defense, that guy was definitely an asshole. Well... He's likely to burn this building to the ground. He's always been very kind to me and very supportive of me and my father. She looks like a little flustered at you guys talking shit about him. I'm Is there any sorry. specific reason he would want this home? Uh, seems a little odd, but, uh, you know, oh, look at the time. We might be late for that meeting. Yeah, actually, what was the nature of his interest in your father's work? They had worked together for years, on and off, here and there, studied similar subjects, and worked on many projects together. He wrote me to see how I was doing recently, and I explained that I needed to sell the home and wanted to leave this place, and he was very interested, and it almost seemed like a favor. Speaking of which, uh, I should probably keep packing. I feel like it's going to take another month just to finish. I'll help you. Um, but you should make your meeting. And, uh, yeah, we'll say it's probably about dusk, and you guys get down to the meeting at the Laughing Demon. Um, it's empty now. Except for Zokar behind the bar, the Sheriff Benjamin Collar, and the three remaining council folk. Uh, the Sheriff's like, yeah, there you are, uh, come on in. Have a seat. So you see Councilman Vashian Hearthmount, who read the will, a portly sort of fellow with a funny hat, Councilwoman Shonda Faravan, and Councilwoman Myrta Straylock. We've met Myrta. She made the announcement at the town hall before it burnt down. Uh, yes, they were all there uh, for that meeting. The sheriff gestures for you to grab a seat. Stormak awkwardly sits down, looks around, uh, very, very empty laughing demon says uh these town hall meetings got really unpopular huh (laughs) (laughs) yes well we haven't a town hall anymore I was there Myrta allegedly allegedly (laughs) the sheriff tells me that you have put a stop to this is that true we believe it to be true we're gonna say yes. I dare ask, is there any way that you can prove it? Time will tell. 
I don't know how one proves such a thing. You could ask Father Grimborough or perhaps Sheriff Color, if you don't trust us. What is proof, necessarily? What proof would be justification in your eyes? I'm... I must confess I'm not sure. It's a very interesting situation that we've found ourselves in. I can only attest that the woman that we have, that we will bury in the morning, will probably set the town at ease from all of the spirit consequences that have been happening, the murders and the killings and the dead rising from the grave. Am I to understand that you are to stay here for another several weeks? I mean, we, we do have some business packing up the Lorimer estate and then heading off and completing the will of the late Professor Lorimer. And we will be out of your hair. I'm still not completely convinced that he was not responsible for all this, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Flora stands up. I'll be like, all right, clan, just like we practice. <laughs> Two, three, four. What, stabber? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we put on the play that we practiced dress rehearsal for Flora. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> for, for Kendra. Flora stabs her. Stabs her. I thought that's what you meant. Oh, that was a part of it. Gotcha. All right, let's take that again from the top. <laughs> <laughs> we, we put on this grand epic play. <laughs> and they just sit there and watch you blank face They're the like, whole time. Holy shit, these people are fucking nuts. Like, that was very impressive, albeit unnecessary. All <laughs> <laughs> be the arbiters of that. Yeah, the aristocrats. <laughs> you know, we all come together for the big blow off at the end, and they're just like stone faced, like, who are these people? <laughs> We're all out of breath. <laughs> Ta da! Their mouth mouths are open, they're like, uh. <laughs> right. Well, as I was saying, <laughs> if you're going to be here for several more weeks, then perhaps, as you said, time will tell. The town stays at peace. That may just be well enough sign that you have been successful. Oh no! Hang on. We we only hold ourselves responsible if the lack of peace is caused by the dead. Yes. Outside of that, I can't be held responsible for these humans. I don't know what you all get up to out here. It's been an odd place since we got here. Party lawyer, ladies and gentlemen. Party lawyer. We are in agreement there. And she kind of, like, pushes aside this chest that's on the table. And perhaps once you have fulfilled your obligation to Petrus, and the town has not been besieged by the dead, perhaps then it would be suitable to give you your reward. Typical. <laughs> Is there a reward? Yeah, she offered us money. At the town hall meeting, they offered... 500 gold per character. It was so long ago. I, I apologize, Councilwoman. Uh, it's only been a couple of days. <laughs> uh, lifetimes. But, but I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Council people. Councilies, Father Ozil. And yes, we'll be happy to give you your reward at that point. I, I feel like that is fair. And if it is true, and we are finally safe... From the undead. From the undead. <laughs> I must extend my most extreme gratitude for everything you have done. I don't know what we would have done if it weren't for you. 
The Ghostbusters haven't been invented yet. Allegedly. At any rate, I trust you'll stay out of trouble with your remaining time here. And if there's anything you need from me or the other council people, do not hesitate to reach out to us. Thank you. Unless there's anything you guys want to say, they will conclude the meeting. No, that sounds good. We, we've already adopted Old River, right? He's coming with us? He's probably in the gazebo right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't want to leave that guy there. He's been back and forth between Kendra's and the gazebo now, because I think you guys took him home at least once. A couple of times, yeah. I just feel like making that official is probably a good idea. I mean, we're, we're probably the only ones feeding him now that his owner is... Mysteriously disappeared. Uh, remaining councilies, while we have you here, we would like to petition to have formal ownership of Old River. Yes, that was Garen's animal. Is that correct? Animal? Do you spend any time in this town? Yes, it, you are correct. Sorry, it's been a long day. <laughs> Jesus, yes, Our lawful good character is pretty, get it, King. pretty touchy right now. <laughs> if you would like to remove that eyesore from our town square, I would be much appreciative. Oh, bitch. Flora storms out. She's had enough of this bitch. Moaning murder. Oof. Yep. She's totally cool with that. All right. Insultingly so. Insultingly comfortable with it. Wow, that's Rude. cool. Rude. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave and, and take Old River back home. Come on, buddy, let's go. He'll happily follow you and Daisy. As we're on our way out, so it's gonna pop his head back in. Just so when I said undead earlier, I uh we're talking ghosts, skeletons, zombies, that's it. We don't do Dracula's Frankensteins or anything else. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Just just making sure. I, aren't those technically the dead, though? Nope, doesn't matter. Anything we've seen up till now. Yep, sorry, sorry, I can't hear you. I yep, gotta go. Only level one through four undead. <laughs> mm, I, think, I, I don't think we do ghouls. Mm. Should have thrown some ghouls in there. Level one through there. three. <laughs> We're good with level one through three, but level four. <sighs> no mummies. No creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Wolfmen, maybe. No blobs, no things. Only if it's like romance novel Wolfman and not like horror movie Wolfman. Wolfman's gotten hearts. So, you made the deal. If everything stays cool, you get your money at the end of the two weeks. And uh, you guys have about two weeks left in the 30 days that you were asked to stay here and help Kendra deal with her stuff. Scribe so many scrolls. <laughs> After the meeting, we'll say you end up going home, and do you all attend the funeral for Visoriana in the morning? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I feel like we have to just to make sure she stays on the goddamn ground. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Sidriel's all about it. <laughs> yeah, thank God. In the morning. Kendra makes coffee and breakfast before you even wake up, and she she would like to come with too, uh, just out of curiosity. But you head to the restlands at the allotted time, and it's kind of a dark, cloudy morning, a little foggy. Father Grimborough and Rufio the Acolyte are the only people out there. It's very quiet. They're standing next to a headstone. 
And they see you come up and like silently nod. It seems like Father Grimbrough was just finishing up, like reciting a passage. Ah, you made it. I believe we have done right for this spirit. Nudged her along her path down the spiral. Is there anything any of you would like to say? I I do have some words to say, Father. By all means. He kind of like steps away. Father Ozel steps up to the um, headstone that we're using as a podium. Classic. <laughs> Love it. And he starts to recite some words, and you all sort of have flashbacks to the first time that you saw Father Ozel when it was raining, when he stepped up to give his other eulogy for Lorimer. And it kind of cuts back in between those two memories that you have. And he says, Well, I did not know Vasoriana very well, but I can tell that life, and in life you only live twice. Once when you're born and once when you look death in the face. But death is not the opposite of life, but a part of it. Usually life is pleasant, and obviously hers was not. Usually death is peaceful, but in her case it was not. It's the transition, though, that is troublesome. Caught in a fire, burned away. But it is never better to burn out than to fade away. Death is contagious, and it is contracted the moment we are conceived. But it's not contagious now as death is as natural as life. Nobody can own your life, but somebody can always take it. It is a very sad day that we have to bury Vasoriana, but I hope that in her death we can find the righteous way that Phrasma gives us to put her to rest, and the rest of this town will be put to rest. That's not right. Here, here. <laughs> Huzzah. Yes, put them all to rest. <laughs> and we're gonna cut. I'm gonna give you guys a little scene here. Yes. The scene opens up in the middle of a raging fire. As the flames crackle, the camera zooms out a bit through an iron grating of an old furnace. You see it's attached to an oven in a small home. A pair of oven mitts comes into frame and opens the heavy iron door and pulls out a sheet of freshly baked muffins. The hands belong to Vissoriana Hawkrin. She's wearing a beautiful dress and after setting the muffins down to cool, removes her oven mitts and begins placing several food items into a picnic basket on her kitchen counter. She carefully packs the picnic basket with love and care, humming to herself in a chipper tune. Once she nears the end of her task, she places a number of the now cooled down muffins on the top layer of the basket and brings it with her toward the front of the door where she grabs a sun hat and ties it on with a blue ribbon. She leaves her house, and the sun is shining bright. You can hear sounds of a young Ravengrove village. 
She strolls down the dirt road. A couple carts might pass by. It's mostly open fields with only a few houses here and there. We see her enter what would be the town square. Now only three buildings. She continues humming as she approaches the blacksmith. Yorfa! Yorfa, are you there? I've brought you a little afternoon treat. We see Yorfa, the blacksmith, 50 years younger, come out of her hutch with a big smile on her face. Oh, good day, madam. A treat, you say? I suppose I could take a short break. Soriano opens the basket, pulls out two muffins, and hands them off. Fresh picked, only moments ago. You're too kind. How are things? How's Vessin? Oh, he's fine, just fine. We're fine. I'm actually just on my way to have a lovely little lunch with him. Hopefully he isn't working too hard. <laughs> yes, well, thank you kindly. I hope you have a wonderful time. Uh, I'll be getting back to work now. Give him my best. Of course, dear. She smiles, closes the basket, and heads out of the square, up the hill towards Harrowstone Prison. When she comes up to this strong, imposing structure over the tiny hamlet, she approaches the large gates. Notice they're open just a crack. That's odd. Post shouldn't be abandoned like this. Dorian! Raymond! Egon! Is anyone there? I've got muffins. <laughs> There's no answer. The guards normally stationed here are gone. She pushes the gate open and lets herself in. The courtyard is empty, too. She approaches the building in front of the prison, looking for her husband. She knocks. Vessian! Vessian, I'm here with lunch! There's no answer. She approaches the front doors of the prison. It's eerily quiet. Until she opens the doors and goes inside, and she can immediately hear the sound of men yelling. Several guards burst around the corner and push her aside as they run down the halls, if they didn't even notice her. The basket spills, muffins flying everywhere. Ruth, what the devil is going on? Several other guards come down the hall, and one stops behind and notices her. Oh, Madam Hawkrin, you shouldn't be here. It's not safe. Not, not safe? What, what is happening? Where's my husband? I, 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 I don't know. Please, get, go home before you get hurt. All hell's broken loose. He runs off, and she's confused and frightened now. She's barely able to say, My husband! Is he, is he safe? Is he all right? The guard is already long gone down the hall. She gets up, kicks the basket aside, and starts heading down the hall where the guards were running to. There's a loud rumbling from beneath, and the floor seems to shake. As she gets further in, she sees a large group of guards huddled around a shaft leading to the lower levels of the prison. Several guards are rolling large barrels into the room. Like, get those over here, hurry! Please, my husband! I need to know if he's okay. Two of the guards, leering over the shaft, look back at her, frustratedly approach. Madam Harkin, we don't know where he is. There's been an uprising in the lower levels. Please, come with us. They each grab her one arm apiece and drag her out of the room. She's kicking and screaming. Unhand me! Get, get your hands off of me! They ignore her. They bring her to a door, open it, and shove her in almost violently and leave without saying a word. She's slamming on the door, banging on it. Please! Dorian! Raymond! Damn, damn you! Damn this place! Vessian! Please! Another loud rumble shakes the foundation. She loses her balance and falls to the ground. As she continues to scream for help to no avail, 
thick black smoke starts to billow through the cracks of the door. She backs up, confused at first, when the room starts to fill with smoke. She hurriedly looks around for some way out. Small window in the wall provides very little ventilation and is not nearly big enough for her to squeeze through even if it weren't barred. She's coughing and covering her mouth as she frantically searches for something to help open the door, break it open. There's only some old sewing equipment, piles of fabric, some unfinished uniforms, her eyes watering and red. Her last ditch effort is to just climb into the pile of fabrics, hoping to escape the smoke inhalation. The camera pans away from the pile. The entire room now filled with smoke. We see her hands stretch out from the fabric and quickly go limp as the coughing stops. And we black out. Damn, dog. That was a terrible death. Yeah, that was awful. Horrific. That's really rough. But well done. Oof. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on our light entertainment D&D podcast. I hope you're enjoying your morning drive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, brutal. We'll figure out a way to laugh at that, yeah. Brutal. (laughs) That's rough, dude. All right. Well, let's make it a little brighter, huh? So those were the guards that she kept mistaking us for that were such assholes to her. When we came in, she was all reset every time. She's like, are you those terrible guards? Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for those muffins. Most of all. What a waste of muffins. <laughs> so I guess that makes yeah. Sid Egon. I feel like <laughs> Dorian must be uh, Stormac. And I think Ray would be uh, Ozil, which I guess makes, De- or makes Flora Winston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we trying to be assigned to the Ghostbusters? I mean, Dorian, Ray, Egon. Oh. Do, Ray, Egon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that makes me Bill Murray? Uh, Yeah, I, I mean, Stormax probably the one most uh, like Bill Murray. Wow, I'll take it. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Good one. It's fair. <laughs> so, Father Ozel had just finished giving a eulogy for Vissoriana in an attempt to finally put her soul to rest. And after he finishes speaking, you do almost feel a physical relief as you're all walking away. Actually, some of you feel a literal physical relief as uh, Stormac and Sidriel's branding scars fade away. Oh my, oh my, look at this. Oh, look at your neck, Sidriel. Stormak takes his vest and his top of his monk robes, strips to the waist, shows healed up ribs. Oh my, it feels so much better. Look at that, look. Sid starts to look down a little bit. and How how exactly did you plan for me to look at my neck? (laughs) Everyone look at Sidriel's neck. (laughs) Quick, look at his neck. He'll put a hand up to it and feel that it's gone. Yeah, Flora comes over and she's like lifting up your shirt and looking like patting on your on your ribs and it's like, how did So it's it's gone? It's like really you it's gone? Vesoriana and and poor Vessian and, and all the rest of the unfortunates they have finally been put to rest. Uh, yes, for Phorasma works in mysterious ways. 
floor is like her brow is furrowed and she's like looking really distracted like muttering to herself how do they, I mean, if they should just do that with magic is that, is that something you can do with magic what is it flora are, are you okay well i mean can you can you get rid of these can can scars be healed with magic well, actually, and then said it'll start reciting off different spells, like, uh... Actually. We'll heal, we'll, we'll get you, uh, there's a regeneration, will help you out. So can you do this one? And she, like, pulls down part of, like, the top half of her, like, the right side of her pants and shows you, like, her hip, where there's this big fancy brand on the side of her that's, like, it's been there for decades so it's like healed over and everything but it's still very obviously there okay for let's 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 put our pants back on but can um, you do it can you get rid of that can you can you make that go away you might want to talk to him and points at father Ozel. she like scoots over with it her pants still down like can you <laughs> <laughs> flora I, uh it's, it might be a little forward but i i don't think i have attained enough Farazian blessing to cure that scar but in the near future, Flora, I should be able to take care of those for you. Return you back to your untainted self. Stormak is like looking at the ceiling, and he's just like, "Oh, um, <laughs> uh, Flora, that that must be a terrible aff- affliction. Where did where did you acquire that?" And he's just decidedly not looking. <laughs> <laughs> she'll she'll kind of like sheepishly pull it back up, realize that she's kind of showing everyone her ass, and be like, "Oh well." I mean, they gave it to all the slaves at the orphanage. Oh. And she's like tucking her shirt in and not <laughs> making eye contact with anybody. Stormak like um. covers his mouth with his hand uh, for fear of saying something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Father Ozel also has a scar from the Day of Bones. Oh? The spiral on the palm of his hand. Oh, when did, when did that happen? Yeah, but my my scar came from uh, grabbing that holy symbol when I got regenerated from the uh, psychopop. But that doesn't go away, right? No, it stays there. Yeah. And now, maybe from that eulogy, we could go to another eulogy. The camera pans up to the sky, and then rain starts falling. As we come back down on the first day all of you met, 16 days ago, Professor Lorimer's funeral. All the faces you remember, and with Father Ozel stepping up to the gravestone, being used as a podium. He takes out small wooden case opens it and removes a nice looking piece of stationery well thank you father well I did not know the professor very well and it only seems appropriate that after all of the effort he made to notify me of his passing I should at least compose a few words in hopes that anyone may find solace during these sorrowful times. In honest, I am unsure of the professor, if he was a religious man or not, and 
I dare not want to proselytize upon his last procession. Those old glances toward Kendra in the audience in search of a sign to continue. She nods. He looks back down at the paper. I have always been a firm believer in the sentiment that the most direct way to contact your god is through prayer. But the fastest way to meet them is through the pursuit of malicious trespass. In many years it has been hard to deny that the world is demonstrably and unequivocally filled with the mystic presence of deities of far greater power than that of ourselves. I have bore witness to many gods, gods of extreme prejudice and cruelty, resolute upon the destruction of our convictions. Yet I can also attest to the existence of gods devoted to inquisitive learning and to gods of courageous strength. Camera cuts over to Stormak. What does Stormak look like in this moment? Covered in rain and wet dirt from the road. He's carrying his bag at his side full of weapons and various trinkets from home. He just looks like he's walked hundreds of miles. And uh, it's just quiet, but smiling. Ozil continues. To gods of powerful magic and unwavering ethics. And camera cuts over to Sidriel. What does Sidriel look like in this moment? Standing there, arms crossed in front of him, kind of like very lightly shuffling his feet a bit, just drenched hair matted down over him. Just visibly uncomfortable and soaking wet. Nice. I can picture that. <laughs> Ozil continues again. To gods of delightful compassion and unrelenting persistence. Cut over to Flora and Daisy. What do they look like in this moment? Well, I mean, they're also sopping wet, I guess, from all the rain. But Flora looks visibly upset. She was very close to Lorimer, so she's furrowed brow and staring at the floor, kind of idly petting Daisy. Ozil continues again. And simultaneously, of course, to gods of our inspiring forgiveness and atonement. Although one may fall from grace, it seems that they are always capable of absolution among their flock. I pray that Phrasma may wash the anguish from our hearts and leave us only the fond memories of the loved one lost. May she look kindly upon the professor as he passes upon the spire, for one day we shall have to cross her path with only our deeds to accompany us. In the Lady of Graves' name we pray. And he puts the sheet of stationery back into its wood case, and puts it back in his coat, and steps away from the podium. And as the rain pours down, somebody else takes his place and says something, and we kind of zoom out or black out maybe we fade out because Surat likes a fade out fade black <laughs> baby <laughs> <laughs> and you guys feel like you have pretty much saved the town as far as you can tell like all the ghosts have been dealt with even Vasoriana 
has been put to rest. Now, there's still the question of the cult. Why did they cause this? And why did Professor Mortimer get murdered? Yeah, I guess we haven't figured out the cult thing yet. But as of now, you have still about two weeks left in your obligation from Professor Lorimer's will. Now, what do you guys think you might be spending your time doing during those two weeks? Well, were there any... Were there any leads about that... What, what were they called? The Whispering Way? Was there anything that we were still following on that? Well, there was the one councilman that you had found evidence of him being involved with him. But he's dead. And the evidence is destroyed. It's true. The initial library we're using, that was, in the, was that in the town hall or was that elsewhere? Um, I think you were initially using Professor Lormer's. There was that one, and then there was another one. I think was that like, was part of the town hall. Was that hall. in the town hall? Okay, and then there's a third library, right, in the magic shop? Mm-hmm. As well as the Temple of Phrasma. Where does uh, Mori Povich, you did this to yourself, work? Town hall? <laughs> My god, we did this to ourselves. <laughs> he was the town hall. Okay. I I think that one thing that we should do is uh, we should use the spirit board. Let's go contact Lorimer. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to ask. Did we ever remove his body from the shed? Is he still chained up back there playing Xbox? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, we know where to find him and talk to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should, uh, <laughs> we should probably bury him. I think Ozil's probably going to spend a couple weeks um, at the temple and helping out with anything that they need. And if anything comes up, he is obviously available, but he's probably going to spend a lot of his time there. And he would also like to use the spirit board. Probably, if we get one question a day, we should ask, like, who killed Lorimer? Or, like, ask him some questions. Maybe he knows something about the Whispering Way. But we only get, like, one question a day. Right. And it doesn't have to be yes or no, right? It can be any question. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll spell it out on the board. Like, it's a we like a Ouija board. There's letters to spell out a word. And there's a yes and no, maybe. So if we were to ask, like, why did you die? He would be able to explain it'll either be a single word oh. or yes no or maybe oh. it's a question one ASL <laughs> <laughs> we already know that though we might not be talking to Lorimer that's true but that's our one question for the day I think we should ask him who killed him sorry I Probably. didn't get that joke ASL Age, sex, Age. location. Okay. In, the, in the early <laughs> days of the internet, in chat rooms. Yeah, it's an old people thing. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get it, young people. <laughs> <laughs> or more importantly, DTF. DTF. You probably want to well, know ASL first. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, we know where his body is, if you're into that thing. <laughs> okay, no. Gross. I think 
maybe you guys could find a way to increase the chance that it would be Lorimer. Well, let's go do it. Yeah, we could ask questions that only Kendra and Lorimer would know. The answer well, to if Kendra is there, she would have insight into uh, whether Lorimer may or may not be lying. Yeah, I would suspect she would want to be a part of those seances. So yeah, I think we should probably do that every day that we're here. Um, what Stormac wants to do every day that we're here is to try to train the townspeople to be able to fight for themselves, young and old. He went around door to door telling people that at some point, didn't he? He's been inviting people, yeah, but um, he's been so busy actually saving the town that he hasn't been able to teach them anything. But yeah, he would want to start some classes. And if you brought that up to Ozil, he would uh, do a session, do a training session on uh, fighting ghosts in the undead with uh, Father Grimborough? Yes, absolutely. That would be wonderful for the town. You know, just in case, Stormac, uh, in case this evil persists far beyond when we have to leave, would somewhat be a shame if some of these people here got possessed and happened to die. Agreed. Anything else uh, in general from from everyone? Um, Sid's going to split his time between researching at the libraries, trying to dig up more information on the Whispering Way, and just scribing a shitload of scrolls. Right on. That's fair. Make a list. And I imagine if you guys are trying to ask a question of Lorimer once a day, you guys get together for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have a have a nice breakfast. Talk to the dead. <laughs> I, I think that's a nighttime thing, right? You do that after dinner. Yeah, not nah, too spooky. Yeah, <laughs> not too spooky, man. That's what the ghosts want you to think. <laughs> yeah, ghosts are up early. Surprisingly. What about Flora? Anything Flora would want to focus on in these two weeks? Um, I I think she's just keeping busy. Uh, like if she. If she caught wind of what um, Stormac's doing, she's going to just kind of hang around and be part of that um, just for something to do. She, she She's not going to be sleeping very well at night mm-hmm. um, because she murdered somebody, possibly two somebodies, and then got stabbed by somebody that she trusted. She's not doing well mentally. And so she's keeping herself busy, and she's uh, staying up late and just kind of soldiering through, I think. Right on. Stormac would absolutely incorporate Flora and Daisy into the classes that he wants to teach. Even Citriel might have something to give if she's not too busy. I imagine that Flora would be going a little further than uh, Stormac would want her to. Like, I think she'd be like, so this is how you kill somebody. And he's over here like, wait, no. no." (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was checking through my spellbook to see what scrolls I want to describe. Sid might have what to give now? Oh, uh, Sidriel could contribute to uh, Stormac's fighting classes. I'll see about writing up some manuscripts. (laughs) (laughs) Very nicely pinned, the art of the bow. <laughs> Nobody reads it. Nobody's reading that shit. Not teaching shooting classes? Man. Could you imagine Sid trying to keep a rowdy townsfolk in under control at a shooting range? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be great, but that's just me. 
Stormak would be like your tough coach teacher. Like he's also the coach, but he's also a history teacher, that guy, you know? And then he's brought in like a special guest. Okay, everybody, be on your best behavior for Sidriel. <laughs> it would be that sort of situation. So the pointy end goes that way. Class dismissed. <laughs> Pull it back and let the bow go burn. So I imagine Kendra is absolutely going to be packing her stuff up during these two weeks, too. As you guys talked about traveling together to Leopardstown. It's like 85% ceramic cats. <laughs> We're going to put those back in the bag. Yeah. Oh <laughs> it's like one-to-one books and cats. Oh, my God. Books and cats and books and cats and books and cats and books and cats. Yeah, maybe she went back to the estate sale again and got more cats because she's kind of into them now. Oh, jeez. No, no, no. It's not possible. (laughs) This is becoming a problem. Sidriel, you said you're going to be spending time scribing scrolls. Is that right? Yeah, and going between scribing scrolls and studying anything I haven't been able to cover so far in Professor Lorimer's library, and then also want to check out the library at the, uh, what was it, the Unfurled Scroll or something like that. Is there anything specific that you were trying to find at the library? Um, so specifically looking for any information about the Whispering Way crime history type stuff like so essentially whatever the fantasy medieval version of true crime stories are <laughs> awesome and just see if there's anything that you know patterns that might indicate some kind of nefarious secret cult i love that for him if uh you go back far enough in books and recorded history and you do find little instances that you feel might be whispering way related over even thousands of years ago so I, I, I'm pretty sure Sid would probably know the general history of the original Whispering Tyrant, because that's still a pretty common, like, there's still people alive in Keonan now. You know, and I guess that was a couple thousand years ago, but uh, it's still, like, it was a big event in Keonan history. It was, like, a major thing. Like, they all were like, oh, we're going to fuck off from the planet for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I guess that's where he'd kind of start his search with, like, looking at those dates, trying to find stuff, looking for patterns, and then working his way forward through time. Maybe as we see him hitting the books at the magic shop in Lorimer's library, scribing scrolls, maybe we'll fade out and fade back in to show the morning sun across Lake Incarthen. A small island barely visible on the horizon, and as the camera pans down toward it, reveals a bustling port city. The smell of spices and chaotic shouts of trade fill the air. A small ship docks, and workers rush up to it to pull the cargo off. The gangplank descends, and a gnome, dressed in a pristine uniform, hat cocked to the regulation angle, barely hiding his mostly white hair, departs the ship with a mailbag tucked snugly under his arm. We follow the gnome as he fights his way through the crowd of people, First approaching a fishmonger. Delivery for you, sir! He hands off a small paper and twine-wrapped package. The gnome continues on through the crowd, determined to deliver his packages. As he weaves through the market stalls, the deliveries become less frequent, and he eyes the steep climb to the outer port. 
This takes him a while, and hours into his route, he's finally reached the outer ring of the city. His friendly smile is degraded into determination as he brings the last few letters to the elven-only districts. A small shop up a steep hill overlooking the port lies before him. Panting, he's like, Not everyone is as tall as them, he thinks before climbing the stairs leading upwards. He enters the quiet shop and for a moment wonders if it's closed. He raps on the counter. Ah, hello, message for you. He waits a moment. Another and nothing he considers leaving. Keonan doesn't take kind to outsiders after all. A letter must always be delivered. Mailman's code strikes his mind, shaking his weariness. Before he can get off a regulation second knock, an elven woman sprints in from somewhere in the back. Oh! That must be for me. I've been waiting so long to hear from my dear Sidriel. She opens the letter and begins to read it. Hi, Mom. Sorry I haven't written. Things have been rather interesting since I arrived in Ravengrove, but I have so much to tell you about. I don't even know where to begin, so Professor Lorimer, he died, right? So, very sad, and of course, the whole reason I'm here, well, he left me a spellbook in, in a roundabout way, and, and guess what? All that studying finally paid off, and I can cast spells now. I'm not the best wizard in Galarian yet, but I'm probably the best one in Ravengrove. Even more, I get to go to the university. Professor Lorimer's daughter, Kendra, has become my study buddy, and she invited me to go with her to Leopardstad, and I'm going to learn so much. I mean, I've already learned a lot. Like, did you know the Ustalov, the dead just get up and wander about? I've never seen such a thing before, but it seems it just happens here all the time. They even have a big party to celebrate it, the Day of the Dead. One of my friends even died, and he just got right back up like nothing happened. I mean, something happened. There was a big blast of weird blue light. But other than that, he seemed fine. Oh, yeah. Also, I guess I have friends now? Uh, Ozol, or I guess Father Ozol now, is the one who died. He's a cleric of Phrasma, and he can be a little long-winded, but he always means well. There's Flora, who's she's a little boorish, but I, I appreciate her stark. Oh, and she has this dog, Daisy, probably the biggest dog I've ever seen. And Stormac, well, he's a very jovial guy, sometimes a little intimidatingly so, but he really knows his around some books. Also, he helped me figure out some mysteries about Ravengrow, and I'm pretty sure I saved the whole town. I suppose I should probably get back to packing for the next leg of my trip, though. I, I promise I'll write again soon. Sidriel. P.S. Please don't tell Dad about the Dead Rising and the town saving and all that stuff. You, you know how he gets when things aren't orderly. Uh, just, just tell him about the college stuff, and maybe that I'm a great wizard. Uh, okay, back to packing. She sighs. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh my god, I love to hear him so happy and excited and like actually passionate about something that just melts my heart. <laughs> that was rad. And that's Sidriel on the inside. I love inside Sidriel. <laughs> that was fantastic. I mean, it'll come out eventually, I'm sure. I want it. Well, I've known you guys for 16 days. I've been alive for 120 years. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> I'm going to love you until it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Don't be gross. Hey, <laughs> oh, John, come on, bro. We're <laughs> having a touching I mean, moment. She, she was whipping her pants off earlier. That's true. 
So are we gonna like uh, hand wave all these days, or what's the plan here? What's your first question that you asked? So wait, hold on. What are we doing? Are we like just like hub? Are we in Kendra's house? Have we talked to Kendra? What's our plan? Are we settling in somewhere? I mean, like, where do we go to do this? I mean, you know what I mean? I feel like her house is probably a pretty good spot near uh, Lorimer's body. And we're just going to keep him in the shed until we're done with him? Yep. Okay. I was going to say, question one, who killed Professor Lorimer? I think if we, if we say who killed you, we might go down the wrong track if we don't know yeah. that we're talking to the right spirit. Mm. So we like, should word our questions in a way that we'll, we'll either get I don't know or... If it was, you know, if Lorimer saw who killed him, it'll, it'll tell us. I'd be worried Truth. that the answer to that would be the whispering way, and we already know that. So, like, maybe... Well, it can only is, be one word. What is the name of the person that killed Professor Lorimer? I, I like it. So you might get a first or last name. That's fine. We can always ask follow-up questions. Was that a first or last name? And then what is the other name? <laughs> we're just gonna burn through questions three like, questions yeah okay three down all right so yeah we could have like a montage of questions uh you can see the boxes uh move and maneuver throughout the house as kendra's you know packing things up and flora is also helping kendra with that that's like one of her she might go spend her days like helping out stormac and stuff but she's also going to spend a lot of her time helping and chatting with kendra and like becoming I feel like girlfriends. I feel like I would also help, and then in my off time, visiting the church. Right on. Why don't you guys figure out your 12 questions, and then like maybe it'll come back at the end, and I'll give you all the answers. <laughs> all right. <laughs> or I'll roll on them. So Stormac aims to set up a morning class and then an afternoon class. Oh my uh, goodness. Yeah, well, not everybody can make it to every class. Um, so, and and he's not gonna, you know, just be spending all day at it. He'll take a lunch break and he'll go and uh, visit Sidriel in whatever library he's in, and, and uh, you know, take a breather, um, and then you know, come home at night and we'll do some seances and he'll help Kendra move some stuff. But in comparison to fighting monsters all the time, like this is great. We're having a good time, I think. Yeah, it's got to be kind of a relief. It's been a tense two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's a relief. But, like, yeah, Flora's not well, and anytime she sees the sheriff in town, she's going to duck behind something and not interact with him. That's fair. And he probably is feeling pretty awkward around you as well. You probably both, like, do the same thing. (laughs) See each other and, like, go the opposite directions. He feels bad. Good. (laughs) <laughs> from there maybe we'll fade out and fade back in to a scene high over the city of Leopardstad. on a bright sunny day we zoom into a tiny backyard well kept with a small garden two wooden rocking chairs sit on a small porch behind a cozy looking home the back door to the building opens and an explosion of puppies tumbles out over each other a writhing mass of black brown and white fur disperses into the garden happily barking and nipping at each other these are 
Tibetan Mastiff puppies, I should say. Play nicely now, chuckles weary but happy voice as an elderly halfling steps out after them. Oslin Thistlepaw lowers himself into one of the rocking chairs, and three of the puppies gravitate toward him, jumping at his knees and playfully biting at the stack of letters that he is holding in his hands. No, 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 no. These are letters from Flora. You can't destroy them before I've had a chance to read them. He gently bats the puppies away and holds the letters above his head. It seems I've fallen behind as it is. He carefully unfolds the first letter and reads as a puppy leaps up into his lap. No, I did not start the fight at the graveyard. You always assume it was me, but this time the human started it and I was only defending Petros. Ah, I've already read this one. Uh, let's see. And he, he starts shuffling through the stack of letters. Ah, here we go. Two whole pages over your concern for my nightmares don't make me feel any better, old man. They're not the same ones that plagued me when we first arrived at Lepidstats. You can ease your mind about that. Ooh, oh dear. Uh, this one looks like a telling off. Let's check the next one, shall we? He mutters to the puppy, smiling. I don't know much about my companions, but if it will sate your curiosity, I'll tell you what I can. Oh, my goodness! Did she write two pages about her new friends? She must be very partial to them. And he cuts himself off as he flips the page over to see dark, angry penmanship on the other side. They killed her, Oslin. The writing begins. He reads more quickly, skimming over her description of Blarney Fist Whistle and the mystery surrounding her murder. Flora's handwriting becomes more jagged and emotional as the letter ends. Justice has to be served somewhere, and when I find the people responsible for all of this, I will dispense it myself. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Oslin whispers, scratching his beard and eyeing the stack of letters that he has yet to open. And we fade out and come back in on Flora. Maybe you helping Kendra uh, pack up her, her books and cats and books and cats. Books and cats and books and cats. Did you buy more cats, Kendra? Oh, um, well, I, I just like them, I think. It's like I have a, lots of little friends. Okay. <laughs> so, now that I've sold the house and getting ready to leave back to Leopardstan, uh, how is my father's property there? Um, you, you looked after it? Oh, yeah, it's a very nice apartment. Um, it's right near the edge of Anatomist's Alley. It's, it's like right near, but not, not close enough that you get too much... Um, un undesirables. Undesirables, Flora. <laughs> uh, it seems a little. I mean, okay. Like muggers and people that might stab you for your shopping. Oh, what fun is that? <laughs> <laughs> Flora, do you have your your own uh, home there? I do. Uh, I I have what might as well be family. Is that so? Um, not... no actual family, though? No, my... my whole family is... still back at the orphanage. 
Ah, well, I would be very excited to meet your might as well be family. Oh, he's wonderful. His name's Oslin. He's taught me everything I know about... The fuck am I? Cavaliering. <laughs> what the fuck am I? <laughs> I forgot for a second, sorry. Since we're on the subject, um, are we going to have uh, accommodations while we're there? Is it uh, is that place large enough to sleep uh, all of us? I would, of course, love to accommodate you if I could, but um, I am downsizing quite a bit, I think. Yeah, you might have to sleep on the floor. <laughs> well, for a day should be fine, but... Uh, Yes, I, I don't want to impose, Kendra, and I, I do appreciate all of your help that you've had here, so I probably will find my own accommodations once I get there. Yes, that was kind of what I was implying. Ah, yes, well, uh, all right, after the church, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited to get back to my studies, but I think more than anything, I want to find the people responsible for my father's death. I want to make them pay for it. Ah, uh, don't, uh, don't, don't go down that dark path, Kendra. Be better than them, Pat Pat. <laughs> Perhaps you're right. But to at least stop them from doing it to other people. I don't know. Or at least find who it was, just to know. Bring them to justice in some way. Yeah, I think Sid is doing the best he can. From off in the study. Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> and um I think from there we're going to cut to the massive stone and iron halls of the Dwarven Sky Citadel Yanderhof. Where we see a young dwarf lad, red cheeks covered in peach fuzz, runs through the wide yet crowded stone halls down a path toward a familiar tavern full of dwarves. He looks about and excitedly yells, Mum! Mum! We see Yorda Hilda Strongjaw, a woman that looks like she owns this place as she comes out of the kitchen carrying a huge plate stacked tall with pancakes and a fat pitcher of root syrup. Ah, uh, what is it, boy? It's a letter from Stormak! Give it here, boy! Yorda Hilga says as she sets down the plate and pitcher in front of the hungry gray-haired dwarf at the bar. The old dwarf begins pouring the syrup and says, Read it to the room, Lady Horda Hilga. <laughs> she smiles and nods. She opens the letter, looks around. The entire bar is looking and listening, and they can all easily recall the voice of her son, the young dwarf monk, Stormak. Dear mother, father, and little brothers, I miss you all greatly, but please don't worry about me. I am doing well. I apologize for not writing sooner and more often, but it has been difficult to find a postal carrier going to Yenderhof. I have made several new friends, and we are now a party of adventurers. My new friends, Flora, Daisy, Ozel, Sidriel, and I have been here in the town of Ravengro in Ustalav for two weeks now since the funeral of the human professor Petros Lorimer. Sheriff Benjen Collar has enlisted us as his trusted allies in discovering and destroying an evil that besets the land. We are helping the people here. 
The townsfolk are learning. They have improved their attitudes towards my new friends and myself. Some of them have even begun training under my tutelage. I want to make sure they can defend themselves, for my new friends and I are soon heading to the city of Lepidstad, where we shall begin the next part of our adventure. I wish you could all see everything that I see. Humans and halflings working together beneath the open sky. Oh, and it often rains. Beautiful, clean water drops down from the unreachable clouds. That reminds me, I have also made a friend of an honorable and wise dog named Old River. I have pledged myself to his safety for his short lifetime. I hope to return to you soon and perhaps bring my new friends with me. I shall write again, give an opportunity. All my love to my family and our community. Yours truly, Stormak. We see that the end of the letter that his mother is holding is ripped off. Stormak holds on to that small piece of paper, which reads, Please tell Throndolin that I will return as a heroic champion worthy of her attention. He wrote it. Couldn't send it. Oh, that's cute! Oh. Maybe we see Stormak now holding that piece of paper, crumpling it up and putting it in his pocket, as we pan out to see him in the town square, just outside of Old River's gazebo. Stormak, do you want to tell me what your training scene looks like here? Yeah, Stormak has a good-sized audience of the town's children and a, a few adults. Uh, he unveils the mannequin that he brought back from the prison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. It now has uh, six arms and a swivel base, which have been added to make it a training dummy. It's amazing. What's his name? <laughs> oh, you, no. you, can name, you can name the dummy, uh, children, whatever you like. Um, Stormak unleashes a flurry of blows upon the dummy and dodges between the arms as the dummy spins around. Several kids and adults want to give it a try. Dummy gets in as many hits as they do. Uh, He shows them all how to defend their heads with a folded arm and fist next to the ear. And then Stormak shows them how to hold a quarterstaff and then how to hold a sword. He instructs them all on the benefits and the faults of each weapon. There is right and there is wrong. Sometimes there are different ways to do things. But sometimes there is only a right way and a wrong way. Weapons are like kitchen utensils. When I share a ripe fruit with friends, I don't smash it with a hammer. And when I open a hard shell, I don't use a fork or knife. The same is for fighting. Smash a skeleton with a club or a boot. For creatures with flesh on their bones, usually a blade is best. But always remember, these ways are only for fighting monsters. Fighting monsters is right. Fighting each other is wrong. Your town of Ravengrow can be wonderful. You have Yorfa, a strong and wise blacksmith who can make anything you can imagine. Hello. You have Benjen Collar, a brave and experienced sheriff who fights for your safety. You have Father Grimborough, an intelligent and kind cleric who can teach you more than I am able to. 
And best of all, you have Zokar Elkarid, a man any dwarf would be proud to call a friend. You have many good people in this town. Good people, I love you. Be good. Well, that, was, that was very kind. With that, perhaps Sormak uh, turns around and sheds a tear. Hopefully no one sees. Oh my god, he's so sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so touching. You're so nice. And so, yeah, we see you out there giving touching, beautiful speeches and teaching these children. You see the five foul-mouthed girls from the general store. You see Pevrin is out there. The, the kids from the gazebo that you fought off hands with, along with Old River, are there. They were the kids of the guards, Antony, Wedgenold, and Darcy Bigothy. And maybe they're even out there helping you, like, teach and do drills with kids, you know, like side senseis. Absolutely. We got Flora out there as well. She said she'd be helping you out. Yeah, she's teaching you how, how, teaching the kids how to, like, disable people. Or, like... <laughs> literally disarm them mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean if they don't have arms to attack you with then you're safe right <laughs> Ozil's out there uh, uncorking vials of uh, water and splashing them on the dummy and they're like super effective splashing it on them they're like okay this is not gonna work old man <laughs> <laughs> like, okay I already knew how to do that <laughs> <laughs> it's like super effective I don't know why everybody thinks it isn't. Because of holy water? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving ghost-busting tips to the kids as well. It, it's about all I can do, really, and I can bless some water for them. But, yeah, I don't think that the kids are all that enthralled with just throwing some water on some things. They're like, yeah, I want to go play with that cool sword. Well, I'll yeah. tell you right now, the five little girls from the general store are listening intently and hanging on to your every word and they believe everything you say because you saved their lives. Well, they, they watched you rise up from the dead. They sure did. That was probably pretty freaky. And when their parents come pick them up, Luthko and Marta Avenaki, they kind of like, come bring you aside. Luthko's like, Mr. Broadtusk, Sam, do not know what to say, but you saved my family. Twice in a row. It was not me. It was the power of Phrasma. If you are a religious at all, and I, I do not mean to push my views upon anyone else, but it was not me who saved you. It was purely the blessing of the Lady of Graves. Well, whatever it was, I am forever in your debt. I appreciate that, but I am merely a conduit for the mystical blessing. I would, I would do the same for you, and you would do the same for me. And he's kind of, like, getting a little teary-eyed. And he just, like, gives you a hug. Oh. A real, like, tight bro hug. Father Ozil will be uh, alarmed at first, and then, and then uh, you know, fall into the bro hug. Give him a nod. He comes out of the hug, holds you on the shoulders, and just, yeah, nods. Give the, give the children a little pat on the head. And they head off. From there, we're going to cut to a close-up of a dry, crispy husk of a dead grasshopper, cocooned tightly in a spider's web. 
Sakanra pans back across the landscape. We see a field we've seen before of Father Ozelbrodtuk's home, but metamorphosized. <laughs> metamorphosed? <laughs> Changed. <laughs> As the seasons have taken their toll upon the countryside. Called it. <laughs> Foregone are the spring flowers and vibrant colors and pungent smells. Relinquished has the light to shadow, as the grasses yellow on their race to the end. Silent have become the spring bird rings, as the peaks frost white and the leaves hollow. Even so, one thing remains. A small stone cottage, smoke still blowing from the chimney as it withstands the test of time. The camera follows a path down through the wooden gate beside the abstinent stone structure that is Ozel's home into the backyard once bountiful before the harvest but harvest has come and gone the bounty of the garden has been packed and stored yet the scene is still all too familiar as a small half-orf girl running amongst the yard chasing the end of the season's flying amusements before the cold can take them her childlike innocence still preserved by her inexhaustible imagination and sense of wonder. At that moment, the door of the cottage swings open and an older-looking human man steps out of the warmth, shutting the door quickly behind him to preserve the heat. He's dressed in humble woven robes, emblazoned with an iconic Ferasmin spiral set on top of a hammer and drawn tightly with red satin cincture. His face looks tired and worn, weather-beaten yet dignified, a face which only experience could provide. He carefully inspects a letter in his hands before breaking the wax seal and lifting it into the waning light of the autumn sun. My dearest Corin, it seems as if I have become situated in the affairs of some others. Dare I say, friends. When I came here, I wasn't intending to stay, but it seems as if the will of Phrasma has intervened and propelled me down a new path. Her path. In short, I shall be accompanying my new companions to Leopardstad to complete the tasks which has been assigned. I shouldn't be much longer than about a month more, and as I return, we will possess more reward than I have seen in past many years. Please try and let Reyna know to continue her studies and that her image permeates my thoughts. Warmest regards... P.S. You have my eternal gratitude for keeping the basement quiet and occupied. There's an extra bushel of pickled cabbage in it for you. At the last section of that letter, you see his expression change to form a startled remembrance as he hobbles back inside. The camera follows him through the small abode as he fetches a bucket and proceeds to fill it with the remains of the morning's hunt as the discarded entrails and viscera slap the bottom of the container, a distinct labored moaning and the flailing of chains can be heard from underneath the floorboards. His eyes turn down to the floor. Yes, yes, hold on. I might be late, but you've never gone hungry a week in your life, he says as he hobbles the bucket over to a hatch in the floor. The moaning grows louder as the old man removes a steel pin 
holding an imposing-looking latch shut on the floor hatch. <laughs> Producing a Ferasman holy symbol from his robes, Corin mutters a simple prayer under his breath and opens the hatch. The moaning reaches its apex as the camera pans down into the dark pit, darker and louder. Only the wet earthen floor is visibly illuminated by the dim candle and firelight above. As Corrin finishes his prayer, a small half-orf girl can be seen approaching, grasping the man's leg. Father Corrin? Will Mommy always suffer from the plight of the night? Sweet child, the Mother of Souls has a plan for us all. He dumps the bucket of entrails and viscera down into the hatch, into an improvised trough at the bottom of the landing. As soon as the animal refuse hits the bottom, a sickly-looking pale human woman slithers into the beam of light, chained around the neck and covered in spiral brands all around her body. She devours the mammalian slop as if she has never eaten before. She looks up toward the two and hisses with a fangless, hideously tortured face as the hatch door shuts and we black out. Gross. Sorry, she she devours the mammalian slop. Got it. <laughs> I know that was fucked up. You like that? That's pretty good. <laughs> I was like, that's a good band name. <laughs> Mammalian slop, bro. I'm telling you. I, I had to come up with different words like every time for like, what am I going to, I can't just call it like the same thing every time. I'm like, okay, I got viscera, I got the remains of the hunt, I got, okay, mammalian slop. That'll work. It worked on me, I guess. It always does. Oh, brutal. Ozol has kind of hinted at that before. Yeah, he's he's got some shit to do, uh... At some point, <laughs> oh, she's probably going to take care of that. Uh... Well, that was the reason that Father Ozel lost his connection with Phrasma, right? Yeah, for keeping his daughter alive. Phrasma took away his powers. She was a filthy vampire. I don't know, maybe there's good vampires. I don't know. We haven't met one yet. Not in Phrasma's eyes. That's, that's a good point. I think over these next two weeks, we should really uh, try to air out all of our dirty laundry and, and uh, see if we still want to be friends. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought this was a horror campaign. Come on. I thought we were in the trust tree. <laughs> the trust tree? we were in the trust tree. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> you don't know about the trust tree? No. Well. Well, she's not in the trust tree yeah, anymore. Apparently not. <laughs> I guess that's how that works. Now, as we come back to that same scene in the Ravengrove Square, maybe, um, maybe there's a time after that uh, when Sidriel is w with you guys too, or do you think, Sid would Sidriel have uh, any involvement with the training sessions, or do you think he'd be doing his own thing? He might, like, write out some, literally write out a manuscript on, like, 
proper usage of a bow and things like that, but I don't think he'd want to actually take part in the training itself. Right. At some point in the two weeks, when you guys are all together, maybe it's at the end of a training session that Sidriel might be there for. Uh, just to, maybe he's delivering his manuscript. <laughs> Dropping it off. Pevrin runs into the square. He says, please, please, something, something terrible's happened to my father. Please, you've got to hurry. And he runns off towards the laughing demon. What? Stormax says, damn it, Pevrin, this episode was supposed to just be all role-playing. <laughs> and then he runs after him. Roll for initiative! <laughs> Yeah, give, give chase. Alright, how many feet can you go per round? Um, so, guys, run. You see him in the distance, like, run into the laughing demon and shut the door behind. Or the door, like, kind of swings shut behind him. Yeah, we're gonna charge in there. We rush up, charge in there, and bust through the door, and you're immediately accosted. Oh. By cheers and revelry. <gasps> It's a surprise party. It's a surprise party! Oh my god. <laughs> like five people come up and hug you and hand you beers. The whole fist whistle, local fist whistle clan is here. You even see a couple people from the church. The sheriff is in the corner. Everyone is here to celebrate you saving the town. Zokar comes up. Oh, my friends! We had you going, didn't we? Yeah, I don't know that lies and the threat of death are really what get me in the mood to party. <laughs> Read the room, but yay! We all lower our weapons. <laughs> <laughs> Slaps it on the back and hands uh, beer. I knew you would like that one. <laughs> Just, it's gonna be a little hard to come down from this energy. Pevrin's like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, he made me do it. He's like, uh, hey, look, uh, uh, a lot of us. I know the councilwoman said they would give you some money for saving the town, but the lot of us, uh, we came up with a little something ourselves, too. And he hands, pulls out a coin pouch and holds it out for someone to grab. Yoink. <laughs> I, was just, I was just waiting. I was going to be like, Flora takes it. And uh, there's 500 gold in there. Hot damn. Which... Hot damn. She tips him 20. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, better give that pouch to me. Nice. 480 gold. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, it's canon. No. Oh, that's, that's very gener generous of you all. Thank you so much. Nobody ever tips in this town. Oh my god, I was kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> now you fucked up. Now no, fucked specifically, up. Sidriel took you the have gold. Up now. <laughs> I was making a joke. That's too bad. Tip your bartender, <laughs> tip your waitress, tip your server. Yeah, if you can't afford the tip, don't go out. That's what I say. That's fair. That's a good point. Everyone here is just, like, super thankful. There's music playing. Uh, people are... If you guys are down to party with them, they just want to party with you. Oh, yeah. It's not the whole town. Like, there's still a fair amount of town that are assholes. Everyone here is pretty cool, though. You'll talk shit about them assholes with you. Good. All the ones that matters are here. It's like total Star Wars Ewok Yub Nub situation. <laughs> Flora gets on the table, sings her drinking song. Yeah, there's there's like a whole 
band of people playing music, uh, people are dancing. Blarney's mother comes up to you, Flora, at one point. She's like, oh, Flora, I know that you're not sticking around here very long, but I just want to remind you that you're family and that you can just go ahead and consider yourself family. <laughs> There's a lot of fist whistles out there in the world and our kin, wherever you go, if you find us, you show them this and you'll be taken care of. And she hands you kind of a pendant. What's it look like? God damn it. It's got a a fist, <laughs> but it's doing the like um like uh the I love you, not the metal horns because the thumbs out, <laughs> so it's an I love you. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like you missed a golden opportunity for it to just be a harmonica. Yeah. Well, it's holding a harmonica. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Like in the middle, two fingers. You just play this little tune and the fist whistles will show up. Oh my god. Uh, Flora takes it and, you know, she she knows how much emotion is involved into, like, taking a halfling into a halfling clan. And she's very solemnly, she's like, thank you. Very much. I love ya. Always have. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> <laughs> the party rages on. Off to the side of the tavern, you see all the force ghosts, you know, watching you and like in approval. The force ghosts? Yeah, like in Star Wars. <laughs> you see like Lorimer and Steve Vo. Oh, Steve You see Safar Eamon. You see Blarney Fist Whistle. Jaminda. Poor Jaminda. They're partying up there. They got a ghost table over there and they're like cheersing to you guys. You don't see them though. We do. Zokar's Aww. like, everybody, keep clear of that table over there. That's for the force ghosts. <laughs> That's for the ghosts? Yep. <laughs> There's just like 11 empty beers sitting around, or 11 full beers, and it's reserved. You see poor Randy Biederman up playing flute on stage, ghostly behind the other band with an arrow sticking straight through his head. Oh, I was going to oh. say, wait, isn't he dead? <laughs> oh, no. It's a force ghost. Okay, I see. I, I'm with you now. <laughs> Professor Lorimer's his 30-year-old younger self that none of us have ever actually met but decided to take that form for some reason. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> he's pulling an Anakin, absolutely. <laughs> he's not in any of these movies, but he's the young version. <laughs> that's not fair. That's not, that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> young Professor Lorimer. Well, you see Bunko the bunny ghostly hopping around. Oh, man. Oh, oh yeah, Really got a good list going on here. We spent a whole episode looking for him. <laughs> I don't know. Am I missing anybody? What about the rat? No, he's still alive, <laughs> suffering. Mercer Mouse lives on. What about Vasoriana? Um, yeah, you know, I was going to say Vasoriana, but you officially put her spirit to rest, so her ghost wouldn't be here. Uh... So maybe, I'm going to say... So wait, are all of these guys of still, like, suffering and need to be put to rest? Is that what you're saying? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> she never said that. Uh-oh. Logic bomb. <laughs> so, so, of course, so, of course, we see the Soriana and Vessian, and, and they're all happy, and, and they're waving and smiling. Yeah, it's Star Wars logic, so... Oh, it's so good to see everyone put to rest. I mean, in a good way, you know. You know what I'm saying. Star Wars rest. At a certain point, Pevrin will come over 
Maybe you're all at a table together. I forgot to say, um, somebody asked me to give this to y'all. And he pulls out a letter, an unmarked envelope, and places it on the table. Who exactly asked you to do this? No. Yeah. He said he was just uh, traveling through past by, but he knew you guys, and and he's kind of weird. Hmm. Floor is immediately suspicious. Peverin is absolutely the leader of the Whispering Way. He had he had a sort of hood on, and uh, it looked like he had a big beard. Oh dear. Uh, Ozil pick up the letter and bust out the dagger, pop it open. All right, Ozil, do you want to read the letter? I've never seen an envelope before. That's... Is that how we do things? Ozil picks up the letter and starts reading. If you are reading this, then congratulations. The ghosts of Harrowstone have been banished, and you are in all likelihood the ones responsible. I am impressed by your victory, enough so to nearly eclipse the fact that I would much have preferred your quest to fail. Please don't be offended by this. I have nothing against you personally, but I was rather looking forward to observing the unleashing of Harrowstone's spirits and the resulting effects on Ravengrow. I suppose I should explain a few things. Firstly, as you may have already surmised, the previous visitors to Harrowstone, the ones whose actions precipitated the threat to Ravengrow, were there at my behest. That being said, however, The endangerment of the town was in no way mine or their intention. The mention they were on was not of your concern. Suffice to say, they accomplished their goals and departed, unaware of the potential consequences to the prison's ghostly inhabitants. It was only while reviewing their actions that I realized the opportunity which they had accidentally unlocked, the chance to witness firsthand the spectral multitudes being freed of their shackles and more than likely claiming Ravengrove as a literal ghost town. I thought it unlikely that any of Ravengrove's inhabitants possessed the intellect to discern what was going on or the skill to prevent it, yet knew that outside interference might still prevent the release of spirits, hence this letter. I want you to know, had the spectral emancipation been my primary intent, I would have been most angry with you and felt obligated to destroy you for your interference. Fortunately for you, my last opportunity was an unlooked-for one, and hence my only emotion at its loss is mild disappointment. Therefore, I bear you no ill will and indeed hope that, should our paths cross again, that our interests might be more aligned to each other. Your triumph in Harrowstone marks you as the cut above the verminous rabble who largely populate this world, and I would much prefer to know those of such potential as allies rather than foes. Still. Who can say what the future holds? Best wishes, A. What on earth are we looking at? That had a really, like, Gladys from Portal sort of angle (laughs) on it for some reason. Like, everyone sucks. And yeah, maybe I almost unleashed ghosts, but not on purpose. But that's kind of (laughs) cool. I don't know. Science. John, so the guy that was at, like, he came to Kinder's house after the initial funeral and threw away the spell book. Mm-hmm. Could you describe him and say his name? His name was Adivian Adresant. Oh, or a Divian? 
A Divian? It's an A. He starts with an A, is that what you're asking? Yes. That was part of what I was asking, yeah. A Divian. Uh, did he have a beard? He did not have a beard. He did have, like, a like a neat goatee. Peverin described, like, a big bushy beard, though. Okay, I mean, I thought a little minor illusion couldn't do. He was, like, he, he described him as, like, a like a homeless kind of person looking. Is that problematic? <laughs> he described him with, like, a huge, bushy, unkept beard. There you go. Like just full on Yukon Cornelius. But Yukon Cornelius had his shit toit. He combed it, probably. <laughs> Fair, yeah. So more, more of a more of a Gabby Johnson. <laughs> toit like a toy guy. He he was like a well dressed dude in a top hat and uh like a well to do guy. I think we need to Right. So if I wanted to go undercover I would uh shab it up and put on a fake beard. I think we need to hit that spirit board. Yes. Regardless of what we may have accomplished here, it seems like our job is nowhere near finished. Towards the end of the two weeks, Kendra is all packed up, ready to go. The remaining council folk will come to you, as agreed, and thank you and, and, and acknowledge the fact that their town has stayed safe for two weeks after you said you've done the thing and nothing has happened and that was their deal and they believe you and they will give you your reward of 500 gold apiece. Wow. They thank you and they wish you well on your way. Are you guys done here in Raven Grove? Is there anything else you want to put a cap on before you walk out the doors? I did have a quick question about Alendru and the scrolls that he sells at his shop. Uh-huh. Does he scribe them? Probably some that he doesn't. Maybe he bought some scrolls to sell. But like low-level ones he'd probably scribe, right? Yeah, he does scribe a lot of his scrolls. So I would like to compare the scroll that I bought from him. I believe it's a scroll of Detect Thoughts. Um, I want to compare the handwriting on that scroll to the letter. Okay. Clever. Do you have linguistics? I have one point in linguistics. Give me a roll. Oh, the only roll of the whole session. I know. I didn't think we were going to have one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Detect Forgeries is something else, though. Shut up, Sarat. Well, we're not it's looking not for forgery. forgery. He's just comparing handwriting. Gotcha. I thought. I think. I'm pretty sure it's a praise. A praise or linguistics. I would accept either. Nat twenty for a twenty-eight. <gasps> nice. Awesome. <laughs> you are absolutely certain that Alendru Gorovin did not write this letter. Kind of figured yeah. that, but Let's hey, see, we're now shot. we know for certain. We don't have to go chase. Awesome, good instincts, Wes. Yep, test failed successfully. Yeah, that's science. Anybody else? I guess I'll hug all the fist whistles. It'll probably take me an entire day. They tell you your family like five more times. Great. <laughs> <laughs> not not mechanically family, but family of the heart. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stormack will shake everyone's hands, uh, give some hugs. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, pretty much everyone you've interacted with is there and sad to see you go, happy to have known you. 
Hope to see you again soon. And the four of you and Kendra in what I'm kind of picturing is maybe two wagons. Yeah, at least. At least, right? I mean, you guys can carry your shit on your persons for the most part. So before we set off on this journey, we know how far it is from Raven Grove to Leopardstead. How far is it? It's. It, I think it's at least like 100 miles. So you got a little bit of a trek ahead of you. And a bright-eyed Kendra, hopeful for what the future brings, looking back at Ravengrown, putting this past behind her. And what happens in Lapidstad, or on the way there, is a tale for another time. Woot, we did it! Good job, everybody! Yay! We got the fuck out of there! Did I miss anything? (laughs) I think you got it.
So, why don't we, over a montage of seances over the two weeks... <laughs> Seance montage! <laughs> yeah, let's get some montage music, maybe. First question. What is the name of the person that killed Professor Lorimer? <laughs> That's right. You go through the motions, it's all spooky and stuff. The planchet moves. And I feel like you and Kendra, through Sidriel's research and stuff, learned of ways to like focus to a specific spirit and like maybe brought Professor Lorimer's belongings closely. And so you're pretty sure it's gonna be him. So we can just fire through these. The person that killed Professor Lorimer, the answer you receive is Aurin. A-U-R-E-N. Okay. That, Second question. That helps not at all. Okay. Well, do we want to ask what the other name involved in that name is? M- yeah, maybe maybe there's more to that name. Yeah, so just like, what is the rest of the name of the person who killed Professor Larmer? Okay. Number two. What's the rest of the name? <laughs> you get the word Vrood. Well, that's that's Vrood. V-R-O-O-D. Orin Vrood. Okay. Number three. Who is the leader of the Whispering Way in Ravengrove? He'll give you the name of the guy that you put in jail. <sighs> Murakar. That's it. He apparently took his own life in the jail that you had him held in. Question number four. Is there Whispering Way in Leopardstead? Maybe. What? <laughs> number five. What should we research to aid us with the Whispering Way? The answer you get is Tyrant. Okay. Mm. Yeah, we already knew that. Number six. How about, is Orin the one who delivered the letter through Pebrin? No. Isn't getting us anywhere. He sure knows a lot about the Whispering Way. Was Professor Lorimer part of the Whispering Way? That's a good question. Is that the question for number seven? Yep. No. Great. Good man. Good. Just checking. We knew that. Dude's... We all say out loud, we know, we yeah. just had to, you know. <laughs> uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, we, we're, we're, we're trying to calibrate it. We all glance over at Kendra. Okay, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Question number eight. Is there any more hidden treasure around town? <laughs> maybe. He does say maybe. God damn it. God damn it. Not helpful. Those are useless answers. Where can we find Orin? Or where should we look for Orin? Where should we look for Orin? Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Leopard stat. Mmm. I feel like that was pretty obvious, but okay. <laughs> Question number 10. Who's the best wizard in Ravengrow? Oh, come on, Cedriel. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. Who's the fairest of them all? <laughs> Alendru. Oh. Um... Is that the owner of the, uh... Magic shop? Yep. <laughs> That's an A name, I'm saying. <laughs> it was a valiant effort, Sidriel. I, I really do appreciate the effort. Hey, does Alendru have a beard? He does. <gasps> is it a big a bushy large beard? Large gray beard. <gasps> it is. Well, would Pevrin recognize him? They live in the same Yes, town. he would. Mm. Unless he casts some sort of glamour effect on himself, because he is the best wizard in Ravengrove. There we go. Mm. No, Sidriel, you are the best wizard in Ravenclaw. In our hearts. Don't, don't, 
Don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise. Don't patronize me. <laughs> I know we're running out of questions, but uh, maybe who's the best monk in Ravengrove? Oh, for heaven's oh. sake. <laughs> Come on, guys. Maybe, maybe we should save those for now. Just because... I mean, this is just up until you leave Ravengrove, and, like, you have 14 days. And you can ask one a day. You can keep asking them once you leave. Yeah, but we're not taking the professor's body with us. No. <laughs> In fact, I imagine maybe you want yeah, to put him to rest. Bury it. Yeah, we do. We do rebury him at some point. I mean, unless we wanted to, like, I don't know, cremate him and then give him a nice little jar to Kendra and she can bring it with her. We could do that. And then we can keep asking questions. Is that, a, is that a thing? Do people do that in medieval times? Is there a crematorium? I mean, I don't see why. I mean, you gotta burn plague bodies, so yeah, yeah. I don't really have any more questions. I don't really know what to ask right now. Maybe that's all the questions you ask before you put Professor Lorimer to rest and bury his body. Wait, so has he just been in the shed <laughs> decomposing for the past like fourteen days? Uh, cast gentle repose on him. Come on. I, I still keep picturing the chained up playing Xbox, <laughs> but he's not—he's not undead. And, and there's no Xbox in Pathfinder, so it's just a box with an X on it. He doesn't know he's—he's he's dead. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you put it over his head so he can't see anything. So you got some good questions. You got some good answers, mm-hmm. give or take, more or less. <laughs> Debatable. Maybe. Bearing Professor Lormer puts his spirit to rest. Maybe not. 